Welcome to the Tell Us Something podcast. I'm Mark Moss. I know what I'm doing, but if somebody wanted to know how do you become an artist, I'd be like, you just work hard. Since around July of 2020, I have been interviewing Tell Us Something Storyteller alumni about their experience sharing a story on the Tell Us Something stage, why they chose to share a story, and what they've been up to since having shared their story. I have a lot more of those interviews to share with you. This week, though, I'm going to introduce you to one of Tell Us Something's poster artists. For me, it was important for my life and especially important for my work that I had a studio at home where I could shut the door. We're like... At a certain time, at at the end of the day, I just said, I'm not looking at that piece of work anymore. Because storytelling is an art, I've always hired local artists to design a poster for each event. The posters of Tell Us Something are amazing in their own right. And I thought that it would be fun to sit down with some of the artists to chat about their process and see what makes them tick. What inspires them, how they work, and how they came to design the poster that they designed for Tell Us Something. So, this week on the podcast, join me as we go behind the scenes with local artist Courtney Blazon. Courtney designed the poster for the June 2019 show. The theme was, what are the chances? I kind of knew pretty quickly what I was going to do for it. And I usually settle on an idea pretty quickly. And I don't know if that's just because I'm generally like, This is the time I have allotted for this. You better snap to it. Courtney Blazon is an artist and illustrator living and working in Missoula, Montana. She graduated from Parsons School of Design, where she earned her BFA in illustration. She's shown her work in Missoula at the Brink Gallery, Dana Gallery, Alez Gallery, and the Missoula Art Museum. Outside of Montana, she has shown work in Seattle, Portland, New York, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and most recently at the Center for the Arts Theater Gallery in Jackson, Wyoming. Hello? Good morning. Hi, how are you? Um, Well, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Good. Thanks for uh, agreeing to talk to me today. Courtney's work has been featured in New American Paintings, the Western Edition, Studio Visit Magazine, and Juxtapause.com. She is a past recipient of a Montana Arts Council Artists Innovation Award. Courtney is represented by Radius Gallery in Missoula, Montana. Big thanks to our title sponsor, The Good Food Store, and thanks to our enduring sponsors, CabinetParts.com and Blackfoot Communications. Thanks to our champion sponsor, True Food Missoula, and a very special thanks to our blue ribbon sponsor, Joyce of Tile. Courtney Blazon's pen and marker drawings reference fields of science, history, cultural studies, myths, and fairy tales. Her images take us someplace between the known world and a dreamscape, a surreal marriage of naturalism and fantasy. The results can be simultaneously whimsical and grotesque, witty as well as disturbing. The tension of these unions suggests our own struggle to achieve balance in a chaotic world. I caught up with Courtney Blazon last summer. We chatted about the historical context much of her work references, life as a professional artist, and some of the large-scale works that she has done recently, before finally talking about the poster that she made for Tell Us Something in June of 2019. I've also been thinking about these interviews as a record of a specific time in our collective pandemic history. They share glimpses into the moments of life during quarantine how we were coping, and how we are somehow continuing to go about our daily lives.
I just moved to a new place, so that was really nice. Yeah, lots of very, I mean, different than a normal summer. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, like our maid fairs aren't happening this summer in the same way, so that's weird. Are you doing a online version of the maid fair? I mean, somewhat, but we're basically just posting everybody who would have been in the maid fairs page and sort of letting them offer discounts if they want, but we're not doing anything like virtual with video or Yeah. I I just I feel like that kind of bubble where that was like at the beginning of, of sort of quarantine, like there was a lot of live events and I felt like they were really popular and like really necessary. And I feel like now now that it's summer especially and we've kind of gotten used to the the whole thing, like, I don't know that we'd be able to capture an audience in the middle of summer inside. You know, like, I feel like that was the way that we were all connecting at the beginning of this. And I don't know if now people feel like they can just be together outside distance, that it's just like, oh, yeah, it's interesting. It just doesn't seem like, it didn't, it ended up not seeming worth our time. And a lot of our major artists didn't want to extend their time towards trying to do something special. So, Summer in Montana is pretty short. Take advantage of it. Yeah, especially now because who knows what the winter's going to look like. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we just want to be outside and doing stuff as much as possible. Right. Yeah, I know some of the art fairs around the state have still happened, and that's another thing we struggled with, but we just felt pretty worried about, like, if if an outbreak had been traced to our event, we would have felt really irresponsible. Right. And and we wouldn't, uh, we're not even in a phase where we would have been able to allow that big of a crowd anyway with Missoula County, so... Yeah, so we just decided to be preemptively just cancel it and then hope that we can recoup with some of the other events that we have. I'm lucky that I don't have all my eggs in that basket, though, so I've got other ways that I can still make money and stuff. Have you been talking to a lot of artists and writers and creatives? I talked to only one other Tell Us Something poster artist in the way that we're talking You've heard this idea on the Tell Us Something podcast before, that replicating the in-person live performance vibe that a traditional Tell Us Something brings is very difficult. Yeah, I just feel like certain things like in our experience, like in our in our creative experiences can translate to online and can be just as successful, if not more in some ways. And then other things we're just, I think we're finding just can't, you can't duplicate it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to kind of roll with the, with, I mean, because it's an unstable profession to begin with. Like, yeah, it's going to be unstable in any way. And I think, like, creative people who are self-employed already feel that instability or already kind of know how to chart those waters if they've been doing it long enough. 
So it it become I mean at least for me became pretty easy to adapt to because I was pretty used to feeling some moments of floundering financially or or you know so yeah for me at least it was kind of like yeah I no I wouldn't say easy I if I said easy I don't think that's the word but it it was a an experience I was kind of equipped for because I have had periods of good stuff happening and periods where I'm like, I'm never going to get a job again, you know, kind of feeling. You have just built your career around saying yes, basically. Yeah. And I don't, it's interesting because over the past two years, I've been in the process of saying no to more things and cutting more things out of my life. As I've, it's become more clear to me what I really want, and then also I've been getting enough work where I'm able to say no to things. Like, it was really just last year or two years ago that I quit doing summer market. Um, I've basically, except for the summer maid fairs, have given up vending altogether. And I only do the summer maid, the maid fairs in Missoula, basically just because that's how I started really getting known, I feel like, as people came to my booth at Market, and so I still want to keep my toes in that a bit. I've given up doing private kid lessons because it just wasn't something I wanted to do. I feel like I've been in the process of shedding a lot of those things that I said yes to at the beginning of my career in favor of things that really made me fulfilled. And so it's been interesting to have been saying no to things that then would have been pretty hard to do anyway. Um, it was like um, an interesting interesting timing to have been paring those things down. Um, yeah, but you're right. I absolutely – and, like, I know a lot of artists who wouldn't go that route of, like, just say yes, but for me it just was the right way to go about things. So I, I had a really large pool and then it made when one part wasn't working, I could always rely on another part to pay my bills. And so it's always been like I've never felt too insecure because I've always had something that I could put my hand in and be able to go, okay, I can make money this way if commissions aren't working right now. Or, But it's only, you know, 10 years on and I've finally been like, I, it's time for me to I need to drop something or I'm never going to sleep. Um, you know, so like, I don't, I don't want to spend the next 10 years making products for, for me, like that's not fun or joyous, or I'd rather take that energy and try to build more clients for my illustration work. So yeah, it's been like, I've been in a period of sort of reconfiguring and growth and it almost gave me sort of some time to just like slow down and be quiet and I was getting a lot of family commissions during this whole period and I I think because people are home and they're thinking about their spaces more so that was really good for me or it gave me a focus yeah yeah and do you draw everything on an iPad or like a tablet or how do you what's your Um, process not my family commissions, like the portrait commissions I do for families are all pen and marker on paper. And then all my illustration work that is for like, but I do a lot for Big Sky Brewing Company and that's all on the iPad because 
they often want corrections or they'll the packaging is not just the can but it's the bottle it's the bottle it's the can it's the box that the cans would come in plus the box that the bottles would come in and there's a lot of different iterations of one design so the right. iPad makes it super easy to do all those changes and then for my personal work I mostly do that on pieces of paper with real materials. Um, and this summer, too, I had a residency at, at the Historical Museum, and that was six weeks. So I had a studio on site, and I was able to just dive into um, historical re- research about Missoula. And that was re- that was another, like, really awesome thing to have during this period. I was going to just say, when are we going to get to see that? That sounds awesome. Yeah, so I am working on it. So uh, I did this body of work that showed at the Missoula Art Museum called The Year Without a Summer, and it was like very, very huge drawings with lots of detail. You want to talk about a rabbit hole? Head to CourtneyBlazon.com to see Courtney's exhaustive process for this project. Learn the history of Volcano Tambora, see Courtney's early sketches for the work, and read the notes that she took during her research. And I'm doing, I'm doing something similar with this body of work. I'm going to recreate the period of time in Missoula, which was like 1890 to 1905, roughly, on West French Street, where that section of town was called the Badlands. And it was a really, I mean, it was a, it was a, where all the brothels were. We had a Chinatown. So I, I'm going to create that. I'm hoping it probably won't be for a year. When I do bodies of work like this, I think I spend about half the time doing the research, getting the sketches ready. And then the, the second half of the time is actually doing the work. So right now I'm still in research and development phase, but I've been able to talk to so many amazing Missoulians who have so much knowledge about this period of time. Until March 2021, you can check out the historical mural Courtney is talking about in the alley next to Radius Gallery called Alez Gallery. For a video teaser of the mural and a link to the Alez Gallery website, visit tellussomething.org. <laughs> Well, I mean, it yeah. took you a long time to do that piece at the Zach, which is beautiful. And oh, it has, yeah. like, that was, all of that yeah, detail. That was and, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That was and about you, that was about 300-plus hours, and it was just a lot of work. And I was, I was at the time in a studio that was – that was a lot of work, and I was working in a really, really, really small – space. So I could only work on four of those panels at a time. This is a little different just because in the piece for the Zach, I could kind of just draw whatever I wanted. I didn't have to try to be true to history at all. So this one would be a little bit more, I want to honor sort of real historical things while still keeping my sort of surrealistic point of view and Stuff like that. But I love that. I love that I have pieces that are just like sort of stream of consciousness and then pieces that are more researched. And right now my my sort of workload and my life 
my work life feels really balanced between work that, yeah, like, because some of my work, I mean, it's work, right? Like, doing a family portrait is work because you don't want to get anything wrong, and it's going to be something that will be in their home and hopefully be passed on to their children. Or So those I take really seriously, and they feel more like work. The Zach mural felt what, like a lot of work, but also, like, really playful. Yeah, it seemed like and you I were having fun with yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I didn't really have to, as long as it wasn't inappropriate for children, I really had so much freedom. I think I've been really fortunate during this period of time to have a number of things that have kept me afloat. I don't suffer from lack of creativity. I think I just like can kind of force myself to do things even if I'm not feeling it just because it's like a muscle I'm I've already well developed. Go to work. Yeah. It's you a job. It. It's a job. Like I, I don't feel like I have the the freedom to not do it. <laughs> just do it. And that extends to my even my personal work. Even when I don't want to show up and do something for myself, like I still just go just do it. You'll feel better. So that's kind of that, that discipline I've built over the years has really served me. And the other side of it is, like, my life changed, like, 0% in terms of how I conducted my daily life. When we were in quarantine, my life remained exactly the same because I'd already been working from home for a decade, so nothing changed. I was still home alone. Right. <laughs> Right. You know, like, it's more like just a half an hour that you're actually on the Zoom and then the rest that, but I seeing friends and stuff like that was really, and I did some virtual, you know, drink dates with friends and that was really nice. And even like how the Zach did their mini auction online and like it was all on Zoom and it was just, you could see everybody in it. That was so cool. Yeah, that was a good example of how an online event can have success, but it fell at the right time because people were so, like, people were just like, what is going to happen? And it felt like so, it was so new, the experience of being like, oh, we can't, we have to stay home. And so seeing all the faces of the people you love in the community online, And, like, then seeing people bidding on things, because I think they almost made as much as they would have having the event, which was, like, what a, what a great, what a, it just makes you feel like Missoula is a great place in that way. It is. But I, it definitely is. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. I just also think that experience has kind of, it, it couldn't be recreated again, because I think now we're so used to this. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems like we've kind of gotten used to what it means to be staying within our circle, and we're all kind of changed because of it, and both negatively and positively. Yeah. You're talking about Zoom meetings, and you're only on the call for the time that you're on the call, and that's it, and you can go back to work. Yeah. That's been my experience, too, and it's like I kind of don't want to have coffee meetings again. I know, I'd like to just go, like, let's just do Zoom. Like, this is great. I don't need to go out and 
spend that extra time, you know, like I, it doesn't feel like this is going to kind of change how people operate. I think so. I mean, certainly, certainly for me, you know, I had somebody say, Hey, do you want to go have a socially distant coffee? And I was like, no, I don't actually. Yeah. Because, because I'm working and if I leave the house, that means that's, you know, half an hour to get to wherever we're going to meet the time that we're meeting and then another half an hour to 45 minutes to get home. Oh, wait, I, I actually, I can go. Yeah, I, I do need to get a loaf of bread or, you know, like, no. Exactly, I'm not it gonna, becomes I'm, more. Yeah, let's have a half an hour meeting and like that's the end of it. And now I'll go back to work. Yeah, I love that too. It's actually, that's become something that I feel like is going to be really beneficial for me. Just be like, let's just do this online. And that's yeah. going to be so much easier for everybody. I think if, if you're somebody who needs people, you're going to want to do that anyway. But I kind of like being just in my zone when I'm in the middle of work. I just want to stay there. And that meeting stuff just breaks it up too much. Yeah, for sure. You kind of come back feeling unfocused or you're like, you end up running a bunch of errands just because you're already out. And... Yep. So yeah. going back to work and art, yeah. I bet you if I had asked you, you know, this year to do something, you might say no because you're paring that down. So thank you so much for oh, no. making oh, the poster for us. No, not in that way. Actually, I was more just talking about, like, vending. Oh, yeah. It was more just, like, vending and then, yeah, but stuff like that I still love doing. Any opportunity I have where I'm actually just drawing, I can't say no to that. It's, like, more just, like, I like to draw. And any excuse to draw. It was just like the things in which I wasn't actually just doing the thing I want to do. I don't want to do the peripheral stuff. I just want to do the art. Yeah. I know what I'm doing, but if somebody wanted to know how do you become an artist, I'd be like, you just work hard. There's no <laughs> secret. You just, you work hard, you're tenacious, you you want it more than the other person who would want it. I don't know. Um, yeah. You be nice, be nice to people, but also be honest, or not that honesty and niceness are, but I mean, be transparent. If you want some amount of money for your work, say it, make a contract. I mean, there's just so many things that like, and maybe those are valuable things to tell people. Now that right. I'm thinking about it, I'm like, maybe these aren't obvious. For me, I always think, be an easy person to work with, but don't be a pushover. And that feels yeah. like the best advice that I was given was be tough, but always be fair and keep record. Keep track of every interaction you have, just in case somebody says, you didn't quote me that price, or whatever. Right. <laughs> maybe it's not obvious. It feels obvious to me, but Because you've been doing it for 10 years. Right, right. And it, isn't it funny? It's like you can do it as many years as you want. It still feels new. Like, oh, what if I, what if I can't do it anymore? But yeah. For me, it was important for my life, and especially important for my work that I had a studio at home where I could shut the door. Where, like, at a certain time, at, at, at the end of the day, I just said, I'm not looking at that piece of work anymore. And in my little place in the basement, it was there all the time, and. It was making me crazy. The mental thing to just be like, I'm shutting the door on that, and I'm moving on to another part of my day. And I, yeah. I, I mean, 
I work more than I should, but I've been working really hard also just on, like, I got to sleep more. I need to find some other hobbies. Not really, <laughs> but, I mean, you know. Yeah. I, I also need a little balance in my life. <laughs> it's been nice also. I've been finding a lot of solace in hiking this period of time. It's been, like, yeah, it's just remembering that that's one of the great reasons to live in Missoula is that you could, every day of the week, you could go to a different hiking spot has been very, very, very beneficial for my brain. Yep. After the unexpected and refreshing business advice workshop, we started talking about the poster that Courtney produced for Tell Us Something. So I wanted to ask yes. you about the poster that you made for us. Yeah. Did you immediately know what you were going to draw when I asked you to do it and you knew what the theme was? or? Um, I actually did some research about – where's my – I thought I would grab my – I thought I would grab it to look at it because – so it was um, – because I think I, like, kind of knew pretty quickly what I was going to do for it and – I usually settle on an idea pretty quickly, and I don't know if that's just because I'm generally like, this is the time I have allotted for this. You better snap to it. How many events have you had in posters? At the beginning, I was having an artist design a, like a 24 by 36 screen print, and we would just oh, use wow. that same design. Yeah, and like with the idea being we would sell some and nobody actually wanted to buy anything that big. So I have, you know, lots of those if you want one. <laughs> um, but we would just like change the color scheme each for each event to differentiate it from each other. Right. right and then okay. we decided, I decided, you know, that's not okay. Uh, let's make it really special and let's highlight different artists in Missoula. So then, I don't know when I made that choice, but it was like maybe the fourth year that we were going. Right. And four different artists every year, and that was pretty awesome. And, and so before COVID hit, I got Marlo to frame. I had him printed on nice paper and she framed every single poster that we've ever had. And we were going to have an art show, the art of tell us something um, because of our 10 year anniversary. Right. And so I'm counting them now. One, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know. There's like 50, something like that. Yeah. And so I paid her to frame the posters and then COVID came and I was like, well, we can't have an art show now. And so I've got all these sitting in my living room. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. But she did Where an were you awesome gonna have job. The show? Uh, it was yeah, going to be at Clyde Coffee. It'll happen at some point. I hope so. You know, when we're allowed to get back together she... again. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of like, because I like, I have a hard time hooking into being excited about a project until I can find some intellectual excitement in it. So I tend to just 
look like if the, the word was chance. So I just started to look up like chance and then like what it was historically and then like the, like the Roman gods of chance. And I think like I was kind of just, that's the way I can get kind of excited about it if I feel like it has a backstory. I always think it's like an actor who, who needs a backstory for their character, even if, even if nobody knows it, but it gives them uh, a way to be really excited and invested in what they're doing. So I kind of knew as soon as I picked that one, and I think it was because the word, because you gave me options, I think, of two or three. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I picked Chance right away because I knew it would have, like, I could come up with something that had a, a narrative behind it. Yeah. Um, and that's because, you know, mentally that's just what I need to, like, get myself invested. So I think, like, the chance, like, I looked up, like, chance meaning and then, like, kind of what it would have meant in, like, the Roman period or the Greek period and, and then, like, luck of the draw and, and the dice are kind of obvious, but I used sort of ancient-looking dice. And yeah, okay. So I Fortuna is that her name? Yes, Fortuna. Yeah. So I kind of knew right away what, like that it would go that route, and then I would kind of try to figure it out in that. But I didn't want her to be like blindfolded or anything because she's both Greek. Like, yeah. I had an artist I was working with for a show in Helena, the theme was didn't see that coming. Uh-huh. And she, and she, without me asking her to, she provided me three proof of concept drawings and said, you know, which one do you like? Yeah. And one of them featured a girl in a blindfold. And I was like, you know, Whoa. I get it. I get it. And also like, think about how people will feel when they see that. And she was like, Oh, I never even considered yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, thanks for not the, putting a blindfold on her. Yeah. So the thing on her head is supposed to be her blindfolded blindfold pulled up as if she's seeing. Ah. Yeah. I mean, Got and it. that's just something that I did like that, you know, because then I was including what would have been in the original representation, but it was in a different format. Because, like, I don't think it's a good idea to have a blindfolded person because you don't. No. Yeah. It just doesn't make, you're right, it doesn't make people feel comfortable and if that's your aim, but for a poster, it's not. Did she have other concepts, though, that made Oh, yeah. Yeah, she did did an awesome job. And it was fun, you know, it was fun to have somebody ask me. Right, right, I know. Like, it's not always the case, right? Some of us don't necessarily sketch out concepts and then you just go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I do, like, it's interesting, because when I do, um, like, for the beer labels, I have to have concept drawings, and when I'm doing something like that, I guess, yeah, because you did give me the choice, and I was like, oh, well, I'll just just dive in. Which is cool. Yeah, yeah, but it is, it's also nice to have that option, I think, sometimes, and also, like, what if she had chosen the blindfolded one, you would have been like, ugh. Yikes. I would have paid her and then, like, done something else, you know, like. Right. 
I would have been like, well, here's your money. I can't use this, but we had an right. agreement, and you and you and you met your side of the agreement, and I didn't give you clear yeah. enough instructions. My fault. Right. You know. Has it been interesting working with artists? Do you find that they're all kind of similar in a way in how they approach work, or they taught me a lot or... about about communicating, right? Right. The the guidelines that I gave you once you said you wanted to do it exist because some artists didn't hit any of those points. And that was like, well, they didn't because I told them to do whatever they wanted and they did. And then they gave me a piece of work that I couldn't use. And it's because, so that's why I'm like, okay, it has to have some sort of living thing in it, you know, and it has to be easy to read and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And some, you know, yeah, some artists gave me like a really beautiful piece of art, but it doesn't have the information that is necessary to promote an event on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think so, it's like really good that you provide provide those now because I think artists, even if they think they don't want them, they, for this case, they need to have some guidelines for sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah. I made assumptions, right? Oh, I'm hiring Courtney Blazon. She knows how to do this stuff. And then Courtney Blazon gives me a piece of work that is, like, beautiful, but the lettering is such that I can't read it. You know, like, I'm using you just so that I'm not pointing out, you know, anybody else. But And I, yeah. I'm not saying that you did that. You definitely didn't. You gave me a beautiful poster that it was easy to read, and we sold out the Wilma, you know. Oh, good. I thought it looked so good when I saw it, like, around the around the town. You know, because you just stuck some up, right? Oh, yeah. They were everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it was just exciting to see it. I was like, oh, that looks good. Yeah, it does. It looks great. Yeah. And it was fun, too. Like, even from the street, you could tell what it was. If you were just yeah. riding your bike down the road, you might not be able to read it because you were going fast, but... Yeah, it was it was a great poster. Yeah, it's funny. I I'm always telling stories to people, and they're always like, particularly I have like a pretty interesting life with my dad, and people are always saying you should try to do something for tell us something, and I feel like that would make me want to vomit just the thought of <laughs> standing up in front of a crowd. I mean, I know I could do it probably, and because I'm kind of also a ham. You know, like, I, I like to chat, but oof. I'm sure I could, but do people want to vomit? It's kind of scary. So telling a story is scary and also really fun. And yeah. if you can take that nervous energy and turn it into, you know, it's energy, so you can manipulate it to your will. Yeah. And so take that nervous energy and turn it into enthusiasm or excitement or whatever you need to get through the story but by the time you hit that it, stage you've practiced your story enough and you've gotten enough feedback from not just other storytellers but me you know I'm like that's part of yeah. my job is to help you craft because you don't and, go up there and tell a story you like practice and you you people tell you what is working and what isn't working and stuff like that yeah I mean in the early days it was just get up there and do it and Thankfully, people did great at that. But as things started progressing, 
I realized that I need to also step up my game and help them craft their story. Somebody might tell me a story and it's like three minutes long. And it's like, that's not your full story. Let's think about this. And, and then by the time they get on the stage, it's a beautiful piece of art, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a gift that you're giving the community, too. And hopefully, like, you feel appreciated by the, you know, the community. I feel really lucky. Really so. like that. Like, I, I'm always cutting the deadline right to the end myself. <laughs> It gives you a fire under your butt. But it's like it's just like a mental exercise of I don't care if anybody listens. This is what I do. It, yeah. 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 I mean, because I'm the same way. Like, I'll force myself to finish a piece of work that's for me, but I'm like, literally nobody but me cares. But it's important for my mental well-being to just stay somewhere in that realm of, holding myself accountable. I'm sure for some people it's other things like exercise and sleep and what you're eating. For some of us, it's related to like, I just need to do this to stay accountable to myself. And Like I like to dress up every day, whether I'm leaving home or not. And it's just my way of saying like, okay, you're working now. And yeah, yeah, stuff like that. I don't know. I like, I like the act of, changing out of my sleeping clothes into something that is about being present and focused and yeah yeah well courtney thank you for talking with me today You're i welcome. speaking of work i like yeah. i do have to go to work okay well have a good day mark and thanks for chatting with me thank you courtney you have an awesome day as well and uh maybe i'll see you, you around too. in the neighborhood sounds good bye all right Bye. Thanks for listening to my interview with Courtney Blaison this week on the Tell Us Something podcast. To learn about where you can see Courtney's work in person, for links to her website, videos, and more, head over to tellussomething.org. Tune in next week when I check in with Tabitha Martinez. Like, really, I'm just building up the images in my head that will come out in a big wash of a million pieces in a short little amount of time, and, and then I'll be released and ready to go again. Tune in for that conversation on the next Tell Us Something podcast. If you want to support what we do, you can do that financially by donating. Go to tellussomething.org and click the handshake support icon in the top right-hand corner. You can also tell somebody about the show. Recommend Tell Us Something to just two people who have never listened to it. Please rate and review the podcast on your podcast app. It really helps. If you ever want to drop me a line, write to mark at tellussomething.org. That's M-A-R-C at tellussomething.org. Thanks again to our title sponsor, The Good Food Store. Dedicated to supporting a healthy community, The Good Food Store provides a wide selection of organic food and natural products. Shop less, shop solo, and shop fast. Now offering curbside pickup. Learn more at goodfoodstore.com. Thanks also to our enduring sponsors, cabinetparts.com. The number one source for cabinet hardware since 1997 providing the best kitchen cabinet hardware at a great price and knowledgeable hardware specialists, cabinetparts.com is the direct source for all of your cabinet hardware needs. 
Blackfoot Communications. Since 1954, Blackfoot Communications have fostered a reputation based on exceptional customer service and community involvement. They deliver superior technology solutions through trusted relationships and enrich the lives of their customers, owners, and employees. Learn more at blackfoot.com. Thanks to our champion sponsor, True Food Missoula. Offering weekly meal delivery to nourish your family and friends, have a look at the menu and order online at truefoodcsa.com. Huge thanks to our blue ribbon sponsor, Joyce of Tile. Licensed and insured in Montana, Joyce of Tile specializes in interior finish work. Whether you know exactly what you want or need help with design, Joyce of Tile works with you to realize your tile dreams. Joyce of Tile provides you with tile installation that will enhance your home for years to come. Learn more at joyceoftile.com. Thanks to Cash for Junkers who provided the music for the podcast. Find them at cashforjunkersband.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Missoula Bone & Joint, providing superior clinical orthopedic care to their patients for over 60 years. MissoulaBoneAndJoint.com. Access Physical Therapy, an enthusiastic team dedicated to providing compassionate and comprehensive care to their clients. Learn more at AccessMissoula.com. Thank you to our in-kind sponsors, LogJam Presents. Top Hat Restaurant and Bar is open with limited capacity in-house dining and takeout. The Top Hat also now features geodome dining, social distancing taken to the next level. Their new private geodomes seat two to six people and are perfect for staying warm and cozy while enjoying local food and drink through the winter months. Learn more and reserve your dome at logjampresents.com. Missoula Broadcasting Company. Learn more at missoulabroadcasting.com. Float Missoula, formerly known as Enlighten Lab Float Center. Learn more at floatmsla.com. A nurse at Physiotherapy. We want you to move better and feel better so you stay in motion. Learn more at inertiaphysiomc.com. Geckodesigns.com. MissoulaEvents.net. Podcast production by me, Mark Moss. And remember to subscribe to the Telesumming Podcast. To learn more about Telesumming, please visit telesumming.org. Stay safe, wear a mask, take care of yourself, and take care of each other.